In this episode of Monday Moments, we're talking about how to be restored. So sit back and stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday Sermon. With me today is Pastor Dennis. Thanks for joining me and for those uh, joining those of us who are watching or listening. Uh, real quick before we jump into uh, this week's episode, I wanted to give a real quick apology for missing some of our deadlines. We normally try to get these videos out every single Monday, and for the most part, we do a pretty good job, I think. Uh, last week, we had some technical difficulties that we discovered in editing, uh, but then uh, yesterday, uh, my family was sick, so I was unable to uh, get this out. So again, my apologies, but hopefully we'll be on a more regular schedule going forward. So uh, if you did not have a chance to listen to or watch this past Sunday's sermon, we are continuing our sermon series, Out of Exile, a study in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. We have now transitioned into uh, the book of Nehemiah, which I know is um, very personal to you and to James, your whole family. Um, It's one of my my personal favorites as well. I really like Nehemiah, Um, even though, and you kind of, talked about this a little bit at the beginning, even though it's got some of those lists that we all sometimes dread, you know, when we come to them in the Bible. But uh, it's a really, really rich book, and there's a lot of things, as you said in your sermon, there's a lot of things to mine out of it to sort of draw out uh, if we'll take the time and and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So if you haven't had a chance to to listen to or watch Sunday Sermon, you can do so right here on our YouTube channel or on our website, and I encourage you to do that. Uh, But that being said, let's let's dive into it. Let's do it. So you talked about restoring uh, the walls of Jerusalem, which was Nehemiah primary mission was to restore the walls of Jerusalem, sort of reestablish the community in that sense. Um, And one thing that I was thinking about listening to your sermon was we often think of the metaphorical walls of our life as in a negative context, like, oh, this person has so many walls built up in in their heart that they're not allowing people to get to, you know, to them or allowing the Lord to, to speak to them. Um, but as you mentioned in your sermon, walls can actually be a good thing. And, oh, and in gosh. fact, it can be very detrimental if we have no walls, yeah. metaphorically speaking, yeah. in, our, in our world, in our life. So yeah. can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, if you change it to something that is a, a classic Texan. Okay. How about if we do that? If we, yep. took a, if we took a field and everybody is driven out in the country and they've seen a field and you see uh, a field that has a barbed wire fence up Mm -hmm. around it. That's a wall. That's a boundary. And, you know, if you knock down one of those uh, fence posts in the middle of a long run, uh, it's not going to make that much difference. You go in and you repair it. If you knock down a corner post, Mm -hmm. then what happens is that two sides fall down and everything on the outside can get in and everything on the inside can get out. So those corner posts that we look at are are areas of what I call areas of abuse. You know, mm. if you look at abuse, you look at um, uh, sexual abuse, uh, emotional abuse, physical abuse, and the other one that I often use is neglect. Yeah. When one of those comes down, mm. then everything can rush in, and that's what we so often happen uh, happens in in uh, we see it in abuse and in, in counseling. And so the idea of walls uh, is just that. Uh, walls uh, it can be walls that we construct in order to keep everyone out, and I'm going to be very private. And, and it is true. No man, no woman is an island. You can't yeah. survive on your own. 
But these are not those kind of walls. These are walls of protection. Mm-hmm. They are walls that allow uh, the, the people who are inside of them or the person who is inside of them to determine who to let in and when to go out. So those are the kind of walls that we're talking about here, not these walls that uh, people build in order to uh, live out a private existence that yeah. goes completely against it's not good to be alone. Right. Uh, but these are walls that allow egress and, 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 uh, and not just egress, but they allow people to come in as mm. well as yeah. out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Well, and we see that in Nehemiah, right? It's not just restoring the walls. It's also restoring the gates, you know, and there's proper ways of going in and out. Yeah, and if you look at, if you look at Jerusalem uh, and you look at those gates that were formed, they were very specific gates. Yeah. They all had names. They all had a purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and if we were going to take the illustration uh, or the analogy a step further, everyone has those kinds of gates in our life. And it's very important. It's very important who I let into my gate of fellowship. Yeah. Uh, because again, my comment is always, we're to minister to the world, we're to fellowship with the saints. Yeah. And when people allow fellowship to come in, uh, that is detrimental, it's going to pull you down. So right. there's all those kinds of things that we could, we could digress into, and we could name them all. Uh, but the bottom line is this, is that is that even today, as we're seeing in this terrible, terrible conflict in Ukraine, that the idea is to just level everything, and that's mm. the same idea as the that's that is the devil. I mean, that's yeah. it. Yeah. He want he's not he's not interested in just knocking down a few walls, poking some holes. He wants to level everything everything yeah. in our lives, and that is exactly the picture that we see in Nehemiah, where they had the worship of God. Mm-hmm. But the walls of protection that defined the city, that made the city what it was, that made the city unique. When you talk about San Antonio, what do you talk about? When somebody comes to San Antonio that's never been there, you say, well, be sure to go to the Riverwalk if yeah. it's Austin. Well, be sure to go to the Capitol or down to go have a meal on 6th Street. You know, yeah. we have these things that are important in ever that make a city. Well, when a city is leveled by the enemy, then nothing can live there. There is no protection. There's no commerce. There's no production. And that's exactly what happened in Jerusalem. And that's that's why it's remarkable. I mean, think about it. Nehemiah had never seen Jerusalem. Hmm. He had Mm -hmm. no idea what he was up against. But he had a vision of God. And that's another another thing that that I would preach about uh, when I'm preaching about Nehemiah is that Nehemiah just dropped the seed into their heart. Hmm. We are in a bad place. Let us do two things, arise and build. Hmm. That's good. And that's what we've got to do in our own lives and in the lives of the people who are living inside the city walls with us. Yeah. Well, and and just to sort of kind of wrap up this this discussion on, on walls, even you, I think, were, was the one who put it to me, is if you want to have good neighbors, build good fences. Yeah. And there's yeah. there's a, it's it, like you said, it's not a negative, I want to keep the world out, although unfortunately sometimes that does happen. Yes, yes. But, sometimes it's necessary. Yes. Well, and it's just establishing those healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we have those gates, the fellowship gate. And I, and I don't understand all of the teaching on this. You could probably 
teach better on this is um, I've heard people talk about we have the eye gate, the ear gate. And the, yes. Um, yeah. You know, what we are we the allowing? Senses, the senses. What, what are we allowing into our soul? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And those things are important. And if, if those things are torn down, if, uh, if we're not using them properly, it can be destructive and, and the enemy will take advantage of that. You know, it's interesting. Just on Sunday, in fact, before, before the service, I was talking to an old friend who had been a neighbor uh, for, uh, gosh, probably close to 20 years before we moved, you know. And uh, I was, you know, we were talking about uh, how he was doing. He said, yeah, I'm doing good. He said, but, you know, I really miss those times when I, he didn't say it this way, but I would leave my backyard and I would go into your backyard Mm. at this time of the year because we shared a uh, a greenhouse together. And we would work together and we'd pull his plants out and bring them around into his yard, you know, and we would stand at the back gate uh, or at the fence, and we would talk. So yeah, it was a you know wonderful memories. He had his way of doing things on his side of the fence. Sure, I had my way. Yeah, but they were compatible, and it just brought great joy. Great, yeah. good, good fences made good neighbors. That's right. Yeah, and and I love to seeing pictures of of neighbors who have a fence separating their property, but maybe they have they they have an agreement. They even put in a gate. Yeah, we that put can, in gates. Yeah, yeah and yeah. you know, um, and we had access to one another's shops and everything yeah. else, you know. So, yeah. yeah. So um, one of the things, and you kind of mentioned it in our discussion earlier, you talked about the Israelites having the worship of God mm-hmm. uh, in their lives, but not the rule of God yeah. Yeah. Uh, in their lives. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that. And what does that look like in our context, in our social and cultural context? What does that look like in our life today? Yeah, uh, of course, you know, Ezra had come and he had rebuilt the temple 20 years of rebuilding you know and then for decades and decades that's all that took place Mm. so they had the worship of god they had those three circles that i drew the spirit Mm -hmm. the soul and the body they had the they had the worship the spirit connection down okay and they had the the working out of that the body what was that working out the spirit's work in our life means church and bible study and you know small groups maybe but the soul Mm. the the mind the will and and the uh and the emotions that was what was needed because Mm. those are the things that form our personality and we see so many people to this day in the church and what causes that well, there's an encouragement towards that. Let me tell you something. It is difficult. It is really hard work to care for people's souls. Hmm. We don't do that normally. We would rather say, let me tell you what how to think. Yeah. Let me tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. But I can't help you with how to feel. Sure. And so we have people show up every Sunday and they have uh, and you, how many kids you got now? Yeah. You know, uh, you, you got only Hurricane, two. Hurricane Hattie. That's right. She's worth four. I know? was gonna say we have two, but it feels <laughs> feels a lot more than that. Sometimes. You know, and 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 I know that you. And we've all experienced it. You know, trying to get the kids to church and trying yeah. to get the clothes on and trying to do this and get the hair done and all of this stuff. And and but boy, you hit the you hit the property and it's all smiles. You yep. know, no yep. matter what's happened that's before right. that point. Well. That's what I mean. The think and do is there. Sure. But where is the joy of the Lord? Yeah. Where is the peace of God? 
Where are the things that God promises in his word that go beyond thinking and doing? Yeah. You know? Uh, again, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the peace that goes beyond all understanding, the joy of the Lord that is our strength, the fruit of the Spirit. If you look at all of those things, that is what God promised. Remember, the first century, for the first three centuries, we forget how long that is. We go a couple of weeks with a bad case of the blues, mm. and man, we're trying to find the right doctor with the right pill to fix us. Sure. This was hundreds and hundreds of years that people spent in terribly violent mm. areas, uh, tremendously persecuted. Christianity was the only religion persecuted under the Romans. Wow. They were very open to who, what, bring whatever God you want in, that's fine, except Christianity. Sure. And that tells you something about how the enemy sets its sights on believers. Yeah. You go worshiping any other God, it doesn't matter, it's okay, it's fine. You know, Christianity, it's different. But here were these people, and that was the that was the seedbed. It was the crucible, the terrible, terrible persecution that people lived in. That was the that was the seedbed for uh, for things like the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. Paul in prison, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, yeah. I say rejoice. Why was that? Because it was not just an understanding of. I have a relationship with God, and I worship God, hmm. along with, and because I have a relationship with God and I worship God, here's what I do. But in between that was this thing called the soul, hmm. and their, hmm. sto- their souls were restored. Wow. And when you hear about the trend towards self-help, sure. preaching, when you hear the trend away from expository application, and especially, especially when you hear the trend away from spirit-filled, spirit-enlivened, spirit-embraced relationships, then what you're hearing is this idea that we can think our way, think and do our way through Christianity, and especially in the United States, and yet, what do we have? We have rampant depression. We have rampant yeah. uh, drug abuse. We have rampant uh, 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 family uh, uh, dysfunction. Yeah. Why? Because we have not learned. The church has has backed away from from saying to people, "Here are the promises. Mm-hmm. Let's start mm-hmm. with the promises." Yeah. The promises are that the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding will stand sentry. It will guard your heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We, 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 we do not really embrace the God of all comfort because if I'm in such a pit, then where do I turn? Yeah. You know? But if we will, re- if, as we, I shouldn't say if we, as we not only return back to go but continue to redig those wells, then we see God do miracles in people's lives yeah. and in families and such. Yeah, yeah, and I think a couple of things that you said really kind of hit the nail on the head, I think, in talking about the difference between things like joy, peace, compared to happiness. And 
how I was listening to uh, a pastor recently. He was starting his sermon, and he said, now listen, I-, I want you all to know that I love you very much, but I don't care about your happiness. I want you, I want you to have joy, and I'm here to hopefully grow you into joy. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about, if I'm not mistaken, and that, that maturing and that growing of the soul, and oftentimes healing that needs to take place. With that, then we can develop the joy of the Lord that is our strength. The, yeah. And just like you said, and, and kind of connecting that to this idea of walls, right? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts yeah. and minds in Christ Jesus. And that picture, that beautiful picture of that, of that wall that is supposed to be there in a healthy way mm-hmm. because it's established by God and the Holy Spirit, um, guarding our hearts and our minds uh, in Christ Jesus. And yeah. so I think yeah. that's, that's yeah. Yeah, happiness is the result of happenings. Right. Joy is something that is there no matter what the happenings are going on. Right. And believe me, I want to be happy. I sure. love happy times. Yeah, so yeah. It, but, but it's second right. uh, to this understanding of the joy uh, where? Of the Lord, not of mm-hmm. the happenings that are right. going on. So, yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, despite what's going on outside the walls, we can have joy within it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, just in kind of wrapping up, if if someone's watching this video or listening to this, um, you know, on a podcast or something, and they're, maybe the, the Holy Spirit is stirring within them, and they're realizing, hey, I need to reestablish some of these walls in my life. I need to rehang some of these gates. How would you encourage or um, advise or counsel someone to, to start that process of, of rebuilding or restoring um, walls in their life? You know, something that's happened in the body of Christ, and it's not a bad thing. It's really not. But, but we, have, we have gotten to advice giving sure. uh, so oftentimes. So, so in, in, in a sense, you're saying, give us some advice as to how to do this, you know. And the very best thing I can give you is really poor advice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because because it's it's there are lots of ways to do this, and I'm not going to dictate which way is best. But as if you just go back and read, go back and read the book of John, and look at every time the Holy Spirit is mentioned, mm. and look at the things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit was going to come and do. Yeah from John 14, John 13, through John 17, go and look at what the Holy Spirit then did throughout the book of Acts. You see, that's what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. This relationship, this deep abiding friendship with the one who said he was the comforter, the one who said he was the gift giver, the one who said he was the one that would bear fruit, the one that is the comforter, the one who, as I mentioned, uh, out of, I think it's, uh, gosh, I think it was Second Corinthians, the final chapter, uh, chapter 13 in Second Corinthians, I think is what it is. But it's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that we love. Yeah. We love the fact that Jesus gave us unmerited favor. Yeah. There's nothing I can do to make him love me more. There's nothing I can do to make me love him less. That's grace. Yep. The love of the Father, the love of the Father. My gosh, what, we are at such a point in, in so many lives where I can see those people out there who did not know the love of a Father here on earth, and they struggle with the idea of the love of the Father 
mm. in heaven. And I did. I, that was my testimony. How did I, how did I finally embrace this father? Well, I had to get over a lot of trash mm. that I believed about fathering. Sure, you know, that's just all there was to it. And so, and so, there's those two things. It is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the love of the Father. But what about the Holy Spirit? Mm. The fellowship. Yeah, yeah. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And and again, there is some some very clear theological things we need to be saying and teaching about the Holy Spirit. But more than anything, how do you get started on this? You say, Holy Spirit, I don't know you, and I want to. And you promised all of these things. You promised you would come to me with power. You promised that you would baptize me. You would mm. immerse me. Yeah. And that's what I want. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. I, I, I do know I love to come to church and to do the things of the church. I'm a church man. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I love to be in the church. Yeah. I love to build the church. And that means that I, I, I come in. Uh, I love Jesus, I embrace grace, I love the Father, but the ongoing fellowship yeah. of the Holy Spirit is what is lacking in so many lives. And so I would say, sure. just go to him and ask him. That's what Jesus said. He said, if a, if a son asks his father for a loaf of bread, he's not going to give him a snake. If he asks him for an egg, he's not going to give him a scorpion. How much more Will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And that was like in the middle of Luke. It had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit, but it had everything to do with the Holy Spirit according to Jesus. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Why? Because he knew he was going back to the Father, and he knew that, that his love would always be available. But what is the Father doing? The, well, the Father is ruling. Jesus is interceding. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He's being the comforter, the friend. He's being the one called alongside. He's the one that's doing all of those yeah, things. Yeah. And that is what begins to stir the soul and heal the soul. And as we relate to that, instead of just the think and do, yeah. our, stores, our souls are restored. Yeah. That's the very verse that I was thinking of as you were talking. Is, uh, And I think we underestimate how willing and how, how much... The Lord desires to, oh, to yes. release the Holy yes. Spirit and fill us mm -hmm. with His Holy Spirit in our lives if we would ask Him, and yes. He doesn't hold back. And I think we underestimate that sometimes, and yes, I love that, that verse that says, how much more yeah. will the Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? I mean, the thing about what, what Jesus w was not just saying, but how He must have said it. Sure. I mean, there must have been this yearning inside mm. of Him that He was saying, do, do you realize... He just talked about prayer. He talked about knocking on God's door and not being ashamed to yeah. continue to knock. And then he says, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Why the Holy Spirit? Because that's everything. It's everything. You see, that, that's the thing that, that people don't understand. The Father loved all the way through the New Testament. Yeah. I mean, all, all the way through the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Jesus came, and he loved all the way through those years. And at the end of his term here on earth, of his ministry here on earth, he said, basically he said this, you rejected the Father, you rejected the Son. Don't 
Reject the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Reject the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Why? Because that's the end. Yeah. That's the end. Yeah. That is what everything was pointing to, yeah. that he was going to restore this walking in the cool of the evening in the garden mm. back mm-hmm. to man. How does he do that? Through the Holy Spirit. Right. He's not to be feared. Yeah. You're not to, supposed to be afraid. He's going to throw you down on the rug and, and wag your tongue. You know? yeah. You're not. No. All of that is part of the great blessing. Yeah. And yet the enemy has made it into either stupid mm. or scary. Yeah. Well, I know we're just about out of time and always would love to talk more, but uh, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to go deeper into your sermon. It was fantastic. Thank you again so much for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments. Um, if this is your first time with us, please consider hitting the subscribe button and the little bell icon next to it uh, to be notified every time we release new content. We really enjoy bringing content like this to you. We want to continue to do so. And if you got something out of this, let us know. Send us a message, drop a comment. We always love to hear from you. Thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week.